It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today on Locked On Red Wings, we answer your viewer-submitted questions. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And on today's episode, guys, it's a mailbag. Happy Friday. Uh, dead period for the Red Wings, dead period for the NHL. Although Tarasenko did sign with Ottawa, like just now. I don't know if you saw that as we record this on Thursday evening. Uh, that pretty much just Same came right. across my Shut wire. up, DT, baby. Um, but dead period. So we figured we'd throw it out to you guys. It's who you guys wanted to ask us and we'd do our best to answer. We haven't them. done one in a while either. It's been a minute. Yeah. Well, uh, we had a pretty, you know, for as far as off seasons go, we I mean, the wings specifically had a pretty busy, uh, you know, June and July with, you know, draft speculation and profiles and free agency was obviously huge. And then the trade and whatever, like this is really, I know we're moving to three a week now, but this is really the first uh, the first opportunity we've had to like kind of calm down and just like <laughs> kind of have an open discussion about whatever. So yeah, absolutely. So I mean, why don't we get right into it? We have six questions. I submitted the mailbag episode on Thursday morning, and we're recording on Thursday evening. So we got a, a handful of questions. How much answer. time? Still got six out of it, baby. <laughs> uh, this one, first one comes from Twitter. It is ace underscore fishing one. Uh, if we're buyers at the trade deadline, who do we go after and why? Let's say everyone is healthy at that point. What positions of need would be filled based on your projected line from a few episodes ago? Who gets scratched to make room for the new playoff players? Now that is a, it. it's a very well thought out question. And there's a lot of layers to that. Scott, I don't know if you want to take the first crack sure. at this one, but you know, who, what, what kind of, I guess it's easiest to put phrase this as, you know, what, what's the biggest need to be buyers at the trade deadline and what players get scratched. Yeah. Yeah. What really just, you know, in my brain, that's kind of just like, what are still the biggest needs after the off season, right? Like that. And I know that, being a buyer at the deadline is not necessarily like one in one with like, Oh, we need to fill all of our needs directly. Like some of it's just getting, you know, the talent that's available. But um, I would say that it's still probably like, if you want to break it down into like each like facet of the game, like each, each, each area, I mean, you could do, what am I thinking of positional group? Golly. Um, I was like, there's definitely a word for that, that I'm just not thinking of. Um, I would imagine that the forwards we would acquire would be more like goal scoring. Like, yes, they, they got the top end goal score that we wanted. Right. Like that. And that's great. Um, but I, I like that. That's one guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like if he, if he, whatever struggles, like knock on wood, you know, gets hurt, heaven forbid, like you're, you're talking about a, a situation where you're just right back where you were. So I, I feel like goal scoring is still, a a priority for this team you know you're not gonna have a whole roster of 40 goal scorer guys obviously but um like depth scoring is still very much something that this team could always address um and so that's definitely 
one thing I kind of look at. I think if the Red Wings, if we get to the deadline and we're like, we are absolutely buyers, in my opinion, the one thing that we are going to be talking about in like February when that time of year, you know, we start that conversation, I think it's going to be because we need another goaltender. And that's not that the I don't like the moves that we made as far as goaltender goes, right? Like we we certainly tried to shore up the depth in that position uh, over the over the summer, but I I think that you could get to a point where it's like, man, you know, if if everybody not named Huso who's had an opportunity in net is still putting up eight nineties or eight ninety fives, then you might just have to be like, look, let, let's just count our losses. We tried again. And let's see who the best available rental goalies are to just like kind of be a, a 1B or even a 1A for the remainder of the season. Because um, they really shored up the defense. They The, the depth has improved a lot in, in the forward core. So that, that those are kind of the biggest two that still jump out to me. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much what my answer was going to be is more goal scoring and more goaltending. Uh, you know, I think Huso could bounce back. I think James Reimer is going to bounce back from, you know, his down season because historically he's been above 900 yeah. every single year of his career, except for this last year. But I could definitely see a reality where this team's pushing for the playoffs and they need to really shore up their goaltending and trade for a rental um, scoring as well. You always can add more scoring at the deadline. I mean, that's what mostly every team tries to do at the deadline. But like you said, Scotty depth wise, you know, they got that covered. They they've really addressed their depth needs with solid depth the last two years. So I think that as far as depth goes, they're, they're pretty solid off already. Um, there's not much else to say. I think yeah, that currently, he, I guess, right? I guess I mean, healthy. That's, that's the thing. Like health, health determines all like at the end of the day, if we get to the deadline and you know, half of the top six and, and another, you know, couple of depth forwards are all hurt. Then like, this is a much different conversation, but also like, would we, we would be, would we be good enough to be buyers if that mm-hmm. would case as well? So like, um, yeah, I think if they're buying, those are the two things they're addressing. Yeah. And, the other half of this question too is like who gets scratched. I mean, guys get pushed out of the lineup. It's a trickle down thing. So you probably get guys except for like penalty kill specialists, you know, who might have a role, but you know, sure. you might see a, I think Valeno is a really early candidate too. To Valeno. Be it's tough because he's so young. So you think maybe he, he can carve out his own neat niche, but you know, guys like Clem Costin, uh, maybe not Costin. I don't know. We have to see him first, but Christian Fisher guys like that Fisher, might be sure, the yeah. early candidates to get, you know, the healthy scratch, maybe even a Robbie Fabry if he's in and out of the lineup all season long with health issues. But that's, again, you know, very dependent. So I yeah. guess that – I hope that answers your question, Ace Fishing, as best as we could. Uh, the second question here comes from Emmett Ferguson on Twitter as well. Uh, would you consider a season for Lucas Raymond successful if he gets 60 to 70 points this year? Or when do you think Senators fans will stop obsessing about us? Um, that one is a its own thing we'll address. First, let's talk about the Lucas Raymond thing. I – 60 to 70 points from Lucas Raymond in his third season would be absolutely fantastic. He had 57 in his rookie year, uh, a dip down in, uh, to 45 points this past year. 60 points to 70 points would be a clear step in the right direction for his development. I mean, if it's 60 points and it's like a 30-30 split, I could I would not be happier. Like That would be a fantastic step forward for Lucas Raymond as a player. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much right there with you. Um Year one was 23 and 34. Year two was 17 and 28 for 45. I mean, if he put up a career high in points, and even if it's not 30-30, I mean, if he puts up a career high in points and and 
eclipses 25 on the goal side of things. And that's how it's divvied out. That's a career high in both, right? Like that, that would be a, a career high in goals and assists. And then obviously points. I, I, I think that would be, um, I think that'd be a great step. Cause this is, this is his age 21 season. Yeah, like, he's so he, young. Like he, well, he turned 21 in the middle of last, like he turned 21 in March. So this, he's going to be 21 for a majority of this season. If this dude's age 21 year is a, is a 25, 35 season or a 25 30 season i think that's i think that's a pretty big victory he's so incredibly young and and the the goals admittedly like the the way that that's divided to your point is is very important in that if it's you know if it's 60 and it's it's i don't know 15 and 45 or something that i guess maybe we're having a little bit different of a conversation that's obviously great you know still getting a lot of assists and whatnot but like i i think that uh I, I do think that the the goal scoring and how many goals he scores is is you know of the utmost importance. Absolutely. Um, about the Senators fans thing, you know that's. Are you okay? Did you hear that? I heard. I thought you just hit the desk or something. No, dude. Some there. I think there's an animal in the walls. Huh. <laughs> just made there's a an very long on the couch there. No, there's a. It's. It's definitely a squirrel, and it'll leave shortly. It's yeah, we got to talk to somebody about it. It's not a big deal. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Scott, he has squirrels in his walls. Uh, the Ottawa Senators thing, you know, that is just a bunch of noise to me. I don't pay it any heed. It's whatever. There's, dude. there's people from their fan base, and it, it, Twitter is just whenever I see Senators fans or Leafs fans talking smack. I just I ignore it, man. They're they're not going to leave us alone because we're at the same stage of the rebuild and they're competing against each other. It's going to be like that constantly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feed into Ottawa Senators Red Wings drama because there's no point. Like what what are we doing? Yeah, I I <laughs> nothing nothing you or I can say right here is going to change <laughs> the the dynamic between these two teams. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I pretty much exclusively use social media at this point just to talk about the wings and tigers, ex- like exclusively. Um, so like I, I'm not gonna like you know dip my hand into that. But like obviously you see it everywhere. And yeah, like you, like you said, like it's not only just the fan base. I think that's what got everybody riled up. Like it's the national media. Like everyone and their mother compares these two teams. And has for three years now. And so it's just, you know, going to come with the territory, unfortunately. If they get good at the same time, it's going to make for a fun rivalry, though. Yeah, so don't expect it to die down anytime soon. But also, you don't have to feed into it. If you see somebody in your replies from a, that's a sense fan and they're talking smack, you don't got to reply back. And it just ends there. That's my philosophy. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> <laughs> we, we have experienced quite a bit of, of, uh, of that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue answering your viewer submitted questions on this mailbag edition of lockdown Red wings. But first I got to talk to you guys today about athletic greens. They're a daily foundation, foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health drink AG one because that full foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutri- nutrients to support your whole body. Uh, it replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. It's a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source superfoods. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps you build your health foundation first. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs. 
and you get that with your first purchase. Go to drink. Go to two. I always remember. I always forget because the uh, URL has changed. It's engraved in me the old one as muscle memory. It is now drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. So check it out. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, Everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking, um, well, we're answering your questions. Again, there's that muscle memory again. Scotty and I are talking about X. No, we're answering your questions today in a mailbag episode. We're talking about your questions. We're talking about and answering your questions. This next question comes from Cameron Nagel. Uh, If one of the young D-man, Wallander, Johansson, Edmondson, make a really strong case to be on the wings, out of training camp and preseason, do you think Steve would bump someone like Sherratt to seventh D-man? Who? Repeat the names again. I'm sorry. Wallander, Johansson, Edmondson, if they make a push to make the roster, do you think Steve would bump someone like Sherratt to be the seventh D-man? Sure. So I think the only possibility here is is Edmondson. I don't don't think there's any way that – that the other names you mentioned, Wallander and and I can't remember the names you listed for the life of me. Was it Johansson? Wallander, Johansson, and Edvinson. Come on, man. Yeah, okay. So, uh, b- I mean, between those three, I don't see any realm of possibility that Johansson or Wallander are, like, so good in camp that they're like, you know what? Not only are you going to make the NHL on opening night, you're also going to like boot, you know, Ben Sherrod, who has three years left of his deal. Again, on opening night, that's not to say that throughout the season, something can't happen and injuries are bound to happen as well. So it's it's nice to to know that that's a possibility at some point. Edvinson's really the only one I could see maybe making a push for opening night to do that. And even then, I think that Iserman brought in, like addressed defense in free agency to create a situation in where it would have to be blatantly obvious for like that switch to be made. And I'm not sure, even if Edvinson has the best camp ever, I'm not sure that having the best like camp or a little bit of preseason ever is like, um, I don't know, worthy of like that decision being made, I guess worthy is not really the word I'm thinking of, but um, I, I'm not sure that that's enough evidence, I guess, is my point uh, for everybody involved involved in the decision making to like pull trigger on that idea. But see, like Edmondson's the one that if it were to happen, it would be. See, I actually kind of disagree with you a little bit here, um, Scotty. I think that if any one of these guys proves that they are better than any individual defenseman on the Red Wings roster, you know, outside of like a seventh D-man, like if you're better than Gustav Lindstrom, good for you, but we're not going to have Wallander play seventh D-man. Right. Um but if they if they outplay and outperform somebody in training camp than a regular roster player, then I think Steve Eiserman, and he's done this and he said it before, like he's gonna give it to the most deserving player. 
So as far as the first half of that question goes, like if Wallander, Johansson, or Edvinson are really good in camp and they've they look like they've earned a spot on the roster, I think that there will be a spot on the roster made for them. Um, as far as the Sherratt part, I think that whoever is the worst, the you know the not the well yeah the worst defenseman performance wise in training camp is the one who's going to bust it down to seventh D man. Now if that is Sherratt, that's him. But like Eiserman's at a point where he's trying to make this team a competitor, so he's not going to pass on an opportunity to make the team better just because some guy's making four million dollars and another guy's a rookie. Like that's where I'm at. I think that if any one of these guys, like Eiserman's built a roster that's supposed to compete with one another in training camp, he's not handing young guys roster spots. But if they earn their roster spot, like Soderblom did last uh, season, they're going to get the chance. They're going to get looks. So. I mean, yeah. Could Chirot be the seventh D-man? Yes, if he is the worst defenseman at training camp. Yeah, yeah. I I don't disagree with the the sentiment that like he has he has built this system to compete with each other. I, I certainly don't. But I mean, there there's there's I don't know. I, I clearly I can't find a good way to articulate it. But like I I just I really have a hard time believing that the decision makers are going to look at again, like are going to look at training camp and be like, Oh, well this person has looked so good in training camp that the guy that we signed to a four year deal and is one year in is going to get the boot on opening night in year two. Like, well, the question does also include preseason as well. Like let's not sure. Absolutely. But even, even, I, I mean, like we talked about preseason, a lot last year and like every year there does each of the last two years, I guess there does seem to be like one person that we didn't expect to do well. And then did really well in preseason and then made the roster. Soderblom's was a little bit, you know, like there was a forward injury that kind of opened a spot along with him being really, really good in the preseason. But um, so yeah, like I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I, I just, I have a, for me, I have a really hard time believing that, that's just like overwhelming evidence for the decision makers here to just be like, oh yeah, you know, just like kick, you know, like three Sherratt off to the side immediately. I think it's more likely that they'll be like, okay, we'll keep an eye on that. And then if by, you know, American Thanksgiving, if he's crushing, if any of those guys are crushing it down in GR and Sherratt is a traffic cone, then they're like, all right, well, we'll still have three quarters of a year of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, but I, like I said, I, I agree with your sentiments and your and your logic behind your point, though. So, uh, okay, uh, let's move on to the next one. This one comes from ShayB30 on Twitter. Given the fat, the vast amount of turnover on the roster from the end of last season to the beginning of this season, um, is it fair? Beginning of next season, is it fair to be concerned about chemistry heading into a vitally important season? As far as the rebuild is concerned. That's a good question, man. These are so good, such good questions. I mean, chemistry is always going to be something that you have to find early on in a season. But as we were just discussing with the last question, there's training camp and there's preseason. And the goal of those is to figure it out and get guys up to speed on the system that you're running. And I know there was a lot of turnover this last season, but there's less turnover this off season than there was like last off season. Like, and I mean that as in like Derek Lone's here for a year two. Like the guys who are ha- are here last year, basically everybody was new because you had a new head coach coming in, so everybody had to learn the same system all at the same time. This year you have holdovers. You have guys who know the system already. So yeah, you're gonna have new guys who are gonna have to build chemistry, but it's gonna be easier because you already have guys who know the system. It's not new to 
everybody who can help get them up to speed in training camp and preseason. There might be some figuring it out early on, um, but I mean, that is what preseason and training camp is for. So I'm not too concerned about chemistry, you know, hurting their chances. If, if anything, like maybe a week or two into the season, they'll have it figured out. Yeah, I'm pretty lockstep with you. I, I think that that is much more of a, I don't even want to call it a concern, but I, I, I think that this conversation is, is much more uh, applicable to last season than it is to this season for pretty much all the reasons you just laid out. They did have a huge influx of like moves, right? They signed 10 free agents and made a trade. Like it's not like there, this is just like a hundred percent the same group and what, and whatnot. But um, when you're looking at the top six and the top pair and the starting goalie, like there's not a ton of turnover in those areas, right? We're assuming the the top pair defensively is going to be the same. We're assuming Huso is going to get in that opening night. And in the top six, like you, you add to Brinkett and, and whatnot. But besides that, there's not a whole lot of shuffling up at the very, very top. So I, I think that the, I, I agree, basically. I, I don't need to drag it out too long. But like I, I, I do think that it's it's something that the depth players will have to figure out. But I don't think that outside of Debrinkit, anybody that was added is going to have to be like so vital to the system that it's going to be some huge learning curve. Like it, it's just going to be watch, watch the guys that are playing 20 minutes. They know how to execute the system yeah. at this point and, and kind of follow suit. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll finish up this mailbag episode of Lockdown Red Wings. So stay tuned. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. Segment 3, Lockdown Red Wings podcast, mailback episode. We got two more questions to get to. This one's a quick one. This one comes from Decoy on Twitter. A uh, little discussion on Elmer. Is he destined for Grand Rapids next season? Uh, to put it briefly, no, I don't think he's destined for Grand Rapids. Um, I go back to the conversation that we had on Wallander, Johansson, Edmondson just a few minutes ago. Like he, I think he just like those guys has the opportunity to make the roster out of camp if he earns his spot. And yeah, he was helped out a little bit last year by timing of injuries, but he stuck around for 21 games. Like he nearly burned through his rookie season. He's going to be rookie eligible again, but he almost played enough games to not count as a prospect anymore. So I think that I don't think he's destined for Grand Rapids. I think it's likely he ends up there. If you were to ask me today, I think he has like a 75% chance of ending starting the season in Grand Rapids. Um, but I don't think it's a guarantee because, you know, last year we were like, oh, dude, like, where are we going to put him? Um, there's not, like, we were talking about how good he was and how we wanted him to be on the NHL roster opening night. We didn't know where he would fit. And then an injury happened and he just fit. But 
I mean, he could do the very same thing again this offseason, this training camp, this preseason, and work his way back. So, I mean, the door's there. The door's there for any of these prospects. They just have to outperform somebody who has a roster spot. Yeah, for sure. And and I think more so with this with this more so with this conversation than with the the defensive group, right? Like this is very much a situation where it, it is no it, it's no problem for the the powers that are at hand here, right? Lalone and Iserman to make a decision like, "Oh, you know, Soderblom crushed it." It's very easy for them to then look and just be like, okay, well then, I don't know, no Joe Valeno. Or like, oh, we want Joe Valeno for the setter. No, like Fisher, right? That's a million-dollar deal, like for one year. Like, well, that that's great. You know what I mean? Like, that, that those ones, as far as depth forwards go, are a lot more, uh, a, a lot easier to just be like, oh, well, like this is clearly the better guy. There's not as much politics, I guess, is my point with it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I would still think that it's, I mean, on July 27th, like I, I would say that uh, the it's over 50% chance that he is going to start in GR. But um, to Brian's point, like anybody, if they ball out enough uh, in, in, in camp and in preseason, uh, th- this, this roster is built to compete with itself. And so uh, it's, it's there for the taking uh, very much more again, like in my opinion, at least with the forward group than it is really any other position. Absolutely. Uh, now our final question comes from Instagram. Uh, this one is from Jesse Wareham. Are in you really fi- excited that we got a question on Instagram? That yeah, was all crazy. Our questions come that was Twitter. really passionate. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> uh, in five years time, how much of the current roster do y'all expect y'all uh, expect to still be here? Oh, yeah. And where do y'all, Expect the team to be as a whole, y'all, y'all, uh, baby. You know I, what? You can't. You 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 love to use y'all. I do, man. I love it. I always get heat for saying y'all. Um, do you want to start with this one? Yeah. So it's it's really just like what percent of the roster is going to be here when yeah, like, we're what like hoisting the cup or like <laughs> like who who do we expect to be here in five years' time? Oh, five years. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um. And where do they expect, I guess, the team to be as a whole? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, the the at this point, we are at a trajectory where five years from now, this team better be like a deep, consistent, like playoff push team. Like, the, I, I'm not going to say like a guaranteed cup. Like, people just throw that around. It's very difficult to win the, you know, one team out of 32 now wins it every year. It's a very difficult thing to just like have as your goal every single season. But I, I legitimately do think that, I mean, five years from now, you're still going to be in the prime of, well, the back end of the prime, but still like in prime years of Larkin, who's, you know, like your captain and that you built this thing around. Uh, Debrinka got, what, a four-year deal? So that would be on, if he were to stick around, that would be on the second yeah. contract of his uh, tenure here if he were to still be here. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, Man, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of like a percentage. Um, turnover happens a lot at the bottom of rosters, man. Like people don't don't appreciate yeah. how much turnover really happens at the bottom. I, I would say it's probably less than 50%, but I don't think that's like, like I'm not trying to say that with a negative connotation. Like that's just like how Ross, like Sherratt's going to be gone in five years. Mata's going to be, like look at the defense specifically. Like, who outside of Cider, who on this defensive unit in 2023 is guaranteed to be here in five years? No one. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, and that's dramatic, but like, it's true. And so there, there's still like a lot of turnover that's going to happen, but 
And, and then you also have Iserman, who's a non-long-term contract giver on top of that, right? So, like, I mean, it's very feasible that, I don't know, like, is it, again, like, no negative connotation, but is it crazy to say, like, 20%? Think of five years ago. Like, I know it's a different situation. Like, we were entering a rebuild then, so it was way different. But, like... I mean, current roster, if I'm going to name names, I mean, obviously Larkin, JT Comfort will be on the fifth year of year five. Right. So, like, those are the obvious guys. Uh, Debrinket, I would hope. So, I I would would think Debrinket's still here. If everything goes right, then Yeah, Lucas Raymond would still be here. Yeah. Uh, more Cider. Cider would still be here. Biggest brain fart I've ever had for getting our <laughs> star defenseman's name. Uh, you know, but like outside of that, M- Michael Rasmussen, like even he could hit the free agent market if he doesn't like, you know, if you never know. Going up, man, some middling team is going to be like, we'll give that dude a middle six money. And I'm yeah. not sure the wings are ever going to do that. Like, I think Jonathan Berggren will be here, but like the outside of those guys, I don't know with confidence, I can say anybody on There's, this current roster, right. like not counting our prospects like Edvinson. Right, of course. And I mean, I think that says a lot about where this roster could still do, but like good rosters turn over and they still compete, right? Like the core has to remain the same. In in salary cap hockey, in the salary cap era of hockey, you take a core of five-ish, you know, you can bump that number up if you, you know, five to 10 maybe at most. You take a core and then you're constantly churning out like good people to fill in around them and it's and it's ever moving and ever evolving like it, it's not you know it's not the it's not the Ken Holland pre salary cap era where you know the roster is going to be the exact same for 8 years and, and we're just going to pay everybody everything to stick around you know what i mean like that's that's just not how competitive hockey teams work anymore look at you know look at any of them like look at really any team that's had sustained success over the last decade like I mean go look at a a five-year difference between some of those guys I mean there's probably there's definitely some exceptions that I can think of already off the top of my head but like for the most part I would imagine that it's single digit players like pretty consistently that are the same from like a team that was good in 2012 to a team that was still good in 2017 or whatnot yeah and I mean like guys again guys I can say with confidence Larkin Debrinkit JT Comfer uh, Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, Jonathan Berggren. But outside of that, there's like, I, I can't say with confidence anyone else could still be here. I think there are guys who would likely still be here. But if you're asking me five years from now, who will be on the roster still? It's basically those those guys. Um, as yep. far as where the team should be, I agree with you. A uh, deep playoff run team, hopefully hoisting Lord Stanley's uh, right. cup. But, you know, deep playoff run team for sure. Because I mean, in five years time, we're barely making the playoffs. Then the three build has gone awry. To Correct. Be sure. Yeah. This um, is all also under the assumption that we are still trending upwards and like going to be a sustained playoff team. If this thing collapses and is a major disappointment, then this is a completely different conversation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Scotty, that does it for the questions. Um, that does it for the episode as well, I believe. Well, I guess we'll be back with a new episode on Monday, but I do, before we go, Scotty, this has been weighing on me. I do have a confession to make. Okay. So earlier in the week, I posted that graphic, right, that showed our top 10 prospects as we had done mm-hmm. that episode, and nobody noticed. And I, I didn't want to bring it up, but I almost just want to get it off my chest. Nobody I noticed no I misspelled a word on the graphic. You misspelled a word? What did you misspell? 
So I made sure to make get all the names right because they were European names. I didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah, of course. But I did not proofread the header. Oh, no. And so it says, Brian and Scotty's top 10 Red Wings prop hacks. Because I forgot the yes. <laughs> and no one said anything? Nobody has said anything. I posted it on Facebook. I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on Instagram. Nobody has commented I on it. I don't even believe you. I feel like this is that, what's that law where like, Oh, uh, Mandela effect. We're yeah, the Mandela universes. effect, dude. That's what I feel like right now. Go check right now on our I Twitter will, profile. I will. Locked on Red Wings. While they follow me, honored. <laughs> you probably hit follow yourself. You you have access to the account. <laughs> uh, does it say edit profile? Oh my goodness, it does. It's yeah. it's the it's the top Red Wings Propex. Propex. That's unreal. Nobody said anything. And like, I, I, I didn't notice it until like an hour after and it started getting like catching traction. And I was like, I don't feel like taking this down now. And so I was like, I'm just going to let it ride. And nobody said anything. I'm like, I cannot believe because people on Twitter, they're so they they catch those things so quick. I'm just shocked that nobody caught that. I'm happy. Nobody caught that, but I'm shocked. Nobody caught that. That's crazy. I didn't even, I mean, clearly I didn't notice either. Hey, good for me. Good for you, man. Proud of you. But of course, now I'm putting it out there in the universe, but it's been long yeah, enough now okay. that it's you're, all. You're manning up to it, though. Well, it's been long enough now that it's like, eh, eh laugh about it. Uh, Scotty, do you have any final thoughts, my dude? Uh, we ball. Cool. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Same time, same place. Your team, three days a week. Every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.